Go home. Go home. Go home. Monday. Man, that is crazy. I really can't wait. Oh my god, I want it. I want it right now. It's, uh, it goes, I guess it goes on sale, like, mon- like that Monday morning, and then right yeah. after Raw goes off the air, you can go on, I guess, PlayStation or wherever you watch it, and you can tune in right away. Yeah. So, I guess the rumor is they're going to have, like, a big thing where, like, oh, somebody returns, like Hulk Hogan or Undertaker or something, and then it's like, you have to tune in to... This, it's going to be a live after show thing on the WWE Network. I don't care. Mm. Here's what I want. To just watch all the wrestling I want on demand. Whenever I want. The end. Yes, that's all I care about. That's all I care about. They have, like, all this original programming, and I guess that'll be okay. cool. <laughs> uh, some of it will be interesting. Uh, the stuff I like on MLB Network is, like, top nine, you know, shortstops of all yeah. time, you know, top, yeah. top nine defensive players, whatever. So I think they're going to do a top ten type thing where, like, oh, finishing moves and catchphrases. And, and that'll be like cool. That. Yeah. Uh, that'll be stuff I tune into, but <laughs> check out Legends House. No, thank you. No, I, I don't. don't. I, hey, I honestly don't even like watching the Legends on, like, GitHub on. Do no. Do you, like, hey, I don't know if anyone else does this. I don't think I've ever admitted this or whatever. When a lot of, like, these legends come on TV, right. I mean it. Yeah. I'm so nervous with, like, Roddy, Roddy, Roddy Piper or Ric Flair, <laughs> someone with, like, a live mic. That makes me nervous. Really? Yeah. There's something about that live aspect, like, even on, like, local news and stuff, that I'll watch it, and it'll be like, oh, don't fuck up. Oh, please don't fuck up. Yeah. Oh, you're going to fuck up. Yep. That being said, the last few legends they've had out or whatever, the last couple times, I have unmuted it because they have been interesting or, or, or engaging. Like when Rick Flair right. was the old school Raw, when they had Rick Flair come out and he got that promo with Randy Orton. That was a pretty was good really promo. Good. And then the Rowdy Roddy Piper roll with the shield. That was really I good. I thought that was great. That was a great that, promo. That was really like Rowdy Roddy Piper in like his old form. How I remember him years and years and years and years ago. But without the accent. Yeah. <laughs> but man, him, I think it was so much fun to see. Seth Rollins and Dean Ambrose and yeah. Roman Reigns all in the ring with someone and they're like, oh, they're going to be in the ring with this yeah. guy. Oh, that's really cool. Because I feel like I would be doing the same thing. Me like, too. Okay, uh, child, smile, child, smile, child, smile. Um, <laughs> and uh, then at the end of that show, Jason St. Roberts came out and mm-hmm. beat Dean and put his face on the table. Put uh, a snake on Dean Ambrose's face, he smiled. <laughs> Dean Ambrose trying so hard not to smile <laughs> with a snake <laughs> shedding scales all over. That was so gross. But I get it. Like, that's a really cool moment. He will always be attributed to Jake the Snake Roberts returns when no one thought that was ever going to happen in the history of wrestling. Yeah. And Jesus. Dean Ambrose gets to be the one who gets the snake put on him. That's awesome. If, hey, if you don't understand wrestling, what I just said doesn't make any fucking sense to you. Yeah, some dude came back. Some old dude with a bag opened his sack and put a snake on another dude. Uh, okay, you guys are excited. Why? Yeah. It, uh, but, if, but if you like wrestling, then you understand that. And that's cool. I think it's, there's a weird, like, little subculture to wrestling uh, that really spans, I think, when, like, you're younger. Mm-hmm. You watch it because you're like, I want to see the good guys beat up the bad guys. And it's, it's any big superhero type thing. Yep. And then a lot of people kind of get older and they, um, get, oh, what are they called, uh, hobbies and girlfriends. Right. And um, then the rest of us start podcasts. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, Never give up. You, you, yeah. And then, but then you dig deeper, and you're like, oh, wow, there's 
there's like a whole independent scene where like these guys wrestle like just over these territories. Yeah. And, and you, uh, you dig deeper and deeper, and then you understand like it's like anything else. You understand intricacy and why things are happening yep. and, and how it is not just as like two guys beating each other up in the ring, but you understand why they're doing it, how they're doing it. That yeah, maybe it's not two guys actually beating each other up. Right. But it is like a performance art, and it's a lot of fun to watch because yeah, of that. yeah, it's. It's like watching anyone do something well. I, yeah, exactly. It's like watching a baseball player who is that good at baseball or a football player who is that good at football or a basketball player who's that good at basketball. Like Michael Jordan, yeah. Jackson, that, that kind of stuff is so fascinating because someone is that good and you're just like, how are they that good? And then you see a lot of these guys like Daniel Bryan and Tim Cesaro. Yes. And Cesaro Punk. now. Oh, sorry. And Cesaro. And CM Punk. And, and these guys who are like really into it mm-hmm. and dedicate themselves to a craft. Exactly. And, and it's so cool to see someone apply themselves that much to yep. something that you love but yep. that you could never do. Nope. I'm taking bombs. It hurts so bad. Yeah. But oh. I'm going to do it again. Good. I'm going to. Good. Because how much you want to be a professional wrestling manager while you're Exactly. You have to take bumps. Because I was thinking about that. I'm like, man, I want to be a ref or a manager because I'm I can't do backflips. I'm scared to jump through the ropes out of people. I don't really want to be put through a table necessarily, but I do want to be in wrestling somehow. Yeah, and, and that's why we're – I've been lucky to be involved with uh, Super Awesome Showdown, an independent wrestling promotion, uh, or Galactic Combat promotion, as they call it, in San Diego. <laughs> uh, you guys can check them out on Twitter, at Awesome Showdown. Uh, really, really cool stuff going on in San Diego. It's uh, the way I describe it to people if they know wrestling mm-hmm. is that it is very Chikara inspired. That's I cool. don't, I don't know if it's supposed to be directly Chikara inspired, where it is like a little nudge wink. Hey, uh, we kind of these are like contained shows, like these outrageous characters and stuff. Uh, we have those, and it's it's a lot of fun to see that stuff come to fruition and yeah. to commentate on it with Derek. Yeah, and. Uh, Derek put, put out like a sizzle reel. Uh, for, really good. If you guys search Super Awesome Showdown on uh, YouTube, you can check that out and just see some guys take bumps. And we have a guy named Rainfro <laughs> and a guy named Kid Knight and uh, Lord Magnus and Jalapeno and Mick Valentine. We have all these characters and they're all really interesting. Yeah, they are. The crowd was super into it. So uh, we have another show coming up at the end of March. Yeah. And uh, hopefully people come out to that uh, again on Twitter at Awesome Showdown. You guys can check that out. And, uh, I wanted to give them a plug because I really, really, really had a good time doing stuff with that. I'm trying, yeah. to, get, I'm trying to get more of my friends involved. <laughs> I want to get everyone involved. I want to get Brian involved. I already got Derek involved. I want to get more people. And, uh, yeah, that, so that is that is our world of wrestling in the last week. Uh, I guess. I, hang on, wait. This is important, Brian. Okay. Did you watch SmackDown? Of course I did. Oh, my God. Hey, guys, thank you for pestering Brian on Twitter. Uh, to make him watch SmackDown. Oh, I always want to watch SmackDown. Brian, you have to watch SmackDown. I love SmackDown. Brian. SmackDown is what I want Raw to be. Yeah, I, I agree. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, hey, how much character development are we doing here? Uh, all, oh, it's all in ring. Oh, okay. Well, then that's great. Yeah. Uh, thank you. Let's keep watching SmackDown. Absolutely agree. And it's a lot of fun to see. It is. Like, because you maybe don't get, man, this Darren Young, Titus O'Neil. Feud. I need to. Well, I thought I mixed their names up. I got it right. Yes, you know, I nailed it. Yeah. Uh, Darren Young, Titus O'Neil feud has really only been going on on SmackDown, but they have a match in the chamber, which is really cool. Good for them. Yeah. Good for them getting on the card and making something happen. It's yeah. the first time in a while that I remember a feud that really isn't about Money in the Bank, and it's not about a title, yep. and it's not about an only contender. Mm-hmm. And it, it is these guys just hit each other one turn on the other. It's a tag team, one turn heel. Yeah. That's it. And this reminds me a lot of back in the Attitude Era when they used to do this. Or back when wrestling was interesting outside of just the titles, which is what's always been interesting to me. Because like we were saying earlier, I like the story. I like the development and the build. And it doesn't need to be a title for it to be interesting. And so they're doing that now. And I feel like they're doing that in more than one way with the Shield and um, and the Wyatts. So now you have it with... Uh, uh, Titus O'Neil and Darren Young, and it's awesome. Doesn't that shield why it's seem like the best thing on the Elimination oh. Chamber card? Oh my and god! Every time they're near each other, you can feel like a tension in like the crowd, like oh shit, you know, see this right now. It's awesome. It's it's been really really fun to watch. It's cool to see 
stuff that maybe isn't main event, getting like a little bit of like a nudge and like a push, even hey, even if it's there in Yummy Titus O'Neil and SmackDown, yeah, that at least it's something. Oh yeah, you know what I mean. And so I don't know. I guess that's the kind of stuff that you have to kind of keep an eye out for. Mm-hmm. Is the stuff that's maybe a little more under the radar. But I've always been like that as a wrestling fan too. Even when I was a kid, yeah. Even when I was a kid before I had like. Before I had, like, the internet all the time, and I would be, like, in a dirt, before I knew what the fuck a dirt sheet was, yeah. uh, my favorite wrestlers were Billy Gunn and yep. Crash Holly. <laughs> like, nobody liked yeah. Billy Gunn and Crash Holly. Especially but Crash Holly. I love those guys, because I like those more minor characters mm-hmm. who look like, man, they just got something going on. Mm-hmm. Oh, what, what a weird, like, interesting little development they have. And they would be in, like, feuds that I was really interested yeah. in. I like that. I like the European title. Like, that yeah. That always had a, a lot of really cool wrestling going on around it. I, I just like the whole aspect of it, and that's what I'm liking right now, at least, mm-hmm. is that the whole show is packed with stuff that you are actually kind of interested in. Yeah, I agree. It's uh, it's fun to watch. Yeah. I love wrestling. So, SmackDown uh, had a uh, six-man tag. It was Daniel Bryan, Christian, and Sheamus against all three members of The Shield. Do you remember how that match ended? It was uh, kind of a scramble on the outside. Daniel Bryan just started, like, diving on dudes. Oh, yeah. And then uh, Christian, I think, grabbed Dean Dean Ambrose around the waist. And Mm -hmm. then Dean Ambrose stood up as uh, Sheamus gave a broke kick to Christian. And then uh, I believe there was a – I think somebody tossed Sheamus out and pinned Christian. I think that was it. I think Um, so. So either way, it was kind of like, ah. the bad guys, they pulled another fast one, and, and I thought the announcers did a good job of emphasizing the teamwork of the Shield does it again. Exactly. Uh, the one thing that I can say about uh, the, the way the Shield has been over like the last year mm-hmm. is that the, and this is different from how the commentators usually are, I guess, they have not put the Shield down in ways they put down other wrestlers, or like mm-hmm. don't pay attention to their matches. Or start talking about other like stupid little quick jokes. Yeah, the shield is always put over like mm-hmm. these are dominant guys. You have to watch out for these guys. They're yeah. crafty. They have like this teamwork. They can't be trusted. They're they're interesting. They're different. And I feel like the commentary does a really really good job of putting yeah. those guys over in that way. And they also do a really good job of telling the story about each of the characters. Yes. So you know you can identify each of them not just as like. You know, oh, well, they're all three parts of the shield, make one. It's like, you know what each type of character is like. And it's been, it's been cool because they've been, you know, they'll tag in, you know, Reigns will tag in Ambrose or whatever. And, oh, Ambrose, he's the loose cannon, he's the wild target, he tags in Rollins. Rollins is the architect of the shield. Yeah. You have to watch out the way he moves all yep. the stuff that he tags in Reigns. The powerhouse. The it's awesome. It really reminds me of the way that... Uh, old commentators would put over groups like the Four Horsemen, yeah. where everyone had a role in that group, yeah. and it was very, it was very hammered in, this is what they do, mm-hmm. this is why they work as like a unit, mm-hmm. and so that that's a lot of fun to see. I like I like good commentary, and I think that's what's lacking in WWE right now. Yes, uh, or at least on Raw. Yeah, you know what, I don't even mind it on SmackDown. There are like a lot of really quiet moments on SmackDown where like there's no yeah. commentary. Which weird, right? Weird, yeah. yeah. Especially because they have like a couple days to like re-record it. Exactly. Yeah, no, yeah, that's right. Dude, the audio on SmackDown is so bad, though. Like the crowd noise and everything. Yeah. Because they try to mute it for like certain guys and bring it up for others. Oh, it's man. It's so stilted and ugly. It's hard to like really pay attention when you can see like the crowd <laughs> sitting there on their hands, but they insert like a big pop. I yeah. And it's like really. Okay, well, I guess we'll pretend. I guess we'll pretend. We'll like, just pretend. Like, I think the Fandango match on SmackDown, like, I was sitting there going, what's wrong? What's, I don't, they're playing, oh, they're playing his music, but there's no crowd. Yeah. What's, uh, what's going on? I don't, the audio is weird. It's really weird. SmackDown has been, it, but SmackDown's always been like that. Yeah. It's always been a very, a more edited show. Yeah. And it's, it's a little strange to watch after, especially after having watched only Raw for a long time. Yeah, me too. It's, uh, but next up on SmackDown. Mark Henry versus Rey Mysterio versus Jack Swagger versus Kofi Kingston for the number one contendership of the Intercontinental title, which I love. Yes. I like. I love matches like that. Uh, you need to have something in a triple threat or a fatal four-way. You have to have something that the guys are going after, and, and in this case, it is that number one contendership. I thought this match put Jack Swagger over really well. It did. Uh, I thought that he looked really strong against everyone. I thought Mark Henry looked really strong, too. Yeah. Uh, Rey Mysterio, I felt like, was there and could have been subbed in for someone else. But, hey, you know what? Rey Mysterio is not have a problem. Yeah. He shows up. He does a couple flips, and he has his old rally come back. Yeah. And somebody tosses him somewhere. Uh, Kobe, Kobe Kingston hangs out. Uh, when I watched this match, I assumed Kobe Kingston was going to win. Really? Uh, yeah, just because. I didn't. 
really? Mm-hmm. Uh, it's been a few months since Kofi Kingston held the Intercontinental title. I was he thinking that. It, he gets it about <laughs> once every, like, 9 to 12 months. Mm-hmm. So I figured that it was going to be like, okay, Kofi Kingston will go over. So when Jack Swagger won, mm-hmm. I was really excited. Let me tell you my idea about how you break up the real Americans and push Cesaro. We have the same idea. Okay. I guarantee it. Okay. So you have this number one contenders match right. with Biggie Langston and Jack Swagger now going into Elimination Chamber. Right. And that match, I think you have. I think if you do this, you book it this way. Mm-hmm. You have to have Jack Swagger win the Intercontinental title. Absolutely. So Biggie Langston loses. Bummer. But he has a rematch at WrestleMania. Mm-hmm. I think that's great because then you have this babyface facing the title and he gets back. I'm awesome. fine with that. But. So Jack Swagger wins. Elimination Chamber comes. Antonio Cesaro does not win Elimination Chamber. Yes. Obviously. But I think that's when you have Zeb Coulter really favor Jack Swagger. Exactly. Right on the, because he's yes. been favoring Antonio Cesaro. Right. He's been favoring him. He was slapping Jack Swagger around. Right. Trying to get Swagger's head in the game and everything. Yeah. And, and now I think that you have him turn on Cesaro. You yes. have both those guys turn on Cesaro. Yes. Tell him he's not a real American. Exactly. And you know what? That could even be the first few. It, it can be Jack Swagger yeah. against Antonio Cesaro at WrestleMania. And, uh, hey, Why not? Cesaro, sorry, Biggie. I don't I, Hey, I like it. I just I want that feud because I feel like it's time. Especially after the matches we're going to talk about with Cesaro, yeah, SmackDown and Raw, damn, wow. So uh, that that is yes. my that's my little fantasy booking that I've been uh, concocting in my yes. head for the last week. Uh, very excitedly going. Yeah, that's exactly that's exactly what I thought when I saw it because I saw the match and I'm like, you have three faces and one heel. Why would you not have the heel win? But but. Jack Swagger got a jobber entrance. He didn't even get his music played. Or, he was just oh, in the ring. Oh, that's right. Yeah. He was just in the ring. And the, typically, I don't know if you guys realize this, typically if somebody just gets, like, they come out like during a commercial break, they're not winning that match. No. Uh, that is, I think a lot of people refer to that as the jobber entrance. Yeah. Uh, so I assume Jack Swagger was not going to win. I was very excited when he did. Me too. I like Jack Swagger. I think he's better in a tag team role than he is an individual. I agree. But, um... I think that you can find a story that he doesn't he, – he has an intensity that I feel like he doesn't bring out. And when he has that intensity, it's fun to watch. And yeah. I think he had that intensity on SmackDown. He did. Uh, so that that was really cool. Yeah. After that, we had uh, another six-man tag. There were two six-man tags. That's right. I totally forgot about I that. I remember thinking that when I saw it. I'm That's like, so weird. Two in a row, huh? If this would have been like a year ago and you would have said, yeah, on SmackDown, there were two six-man tag matches, no one would have believed you. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so it was uh, Cody Rhodes and Goldust, and uh, oh no, it was an eight-man tag because it was both the Usos, not just one Uso. Yes, uh, uh, Unoso and Tuso were both in this match, and then Rybaxel and the New Age Outlaws. Uh, I think the end came when uh, Goldust, Cody Rhodes, and the Usos were going nuts. There were dives to the outside. I think they did, they've been doing that spot where Cody jumps from. Second rope to the top rope to the outside. Which is really awesome. And then the camera pans over to the left or the right, whichever corner they're at, and then it's the gold dust cannonball. And then uh, mm-hmm. and Uso, I think uh, Uso, uh, went to the top turnbuckle and leapt over the turnbuckle yeah. onto the outside, yeah. which looked great. Yes. And then Uso uh, did a big splash mm-hmm. to uh, Road Dog for the win. Not a fantastic match. I honestly forgot about it. Yeah, me but, too. But there were some good spots in it, I think. Yeah. I think those are fun little matches or whatever. Yeah. And now the New Age Outlaws are going up against the Usos at Elimination Chamber for the tag titles, which I'm all for. Yeah. Because um, I think the New Age Outlaws are transitional champions to just get the yes. belts off of Cody and Goldust to give them to the Usos. Yeah. Without having to turn anyone heel. Exactly. I would assume that's what they're doing. I yeah. Guess. I mean, why else would you do that? Yeah. Because the New Age Outlaws are just... Hey, they're old. They can still wrestle. I don't have a problem with them. It's yeah. just kind of like, yeah, I don't really get it. And then it's like, oh, okay, I think they're just going to be, I think they're going to put yeah. the Usos over and be done with them. After that, it was a very, 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 very fast match of Damien Sandow against Darren Young. Yeah, yeah, uh, Darren Young won with a roll-up with a haircut that Titus O'Neil said on commentary that it looked like his five-year-old nephew looked so like he messed funny. up while cutting it. <laughs> it was so which funny. Which was a very good line. He's really good on the mic. I really like Titus O'Neil. He might not be the best in the ring. Uh, which I think you can tell because he hasn't had a lot of matches. No, uh, coming not. out of this, uh, coming out of this little feud or whatever. Darren Young's definitely been the one who's been in the ring, been in the ring, been in yeah. the ring. And Titus has been on the outside. Yeah. And then, uh, so after the match, Titus O'Neil jumped Darren Young, and then they fought, and then 
Titus O'Neil got his pants ripped off. <laughs> pants ripped. And Gary Young wore it like a scarf. <laughs> he looks so stupid <laughs> standing there in his underwear. <laughs> I thought it was so funny. <laughs> oh, God. That, that that was really funny, though. But I but I like that. I, I'm really enjoying this feud because it's, again, it's something interesting. It's uh, taking two people who don't necessarily have anything to do in, like, a title, you know, picture, and giving them something to do. Right. And it's interesting. I, I think it might be a little bit fast, because mm-hmm. it is three weeks, and it's only been on SmackDown. Yeah. But at the same time, it's like, well, I mean, what are you going to, you're going to give them, like, 12 weeks to really, like, 12 weeks of solid TV yeah. for this feud? This feud's a breakup feud. Mm-hmm. Titus, I think, is obviously getting the shine here, and he's going to move on to bigger and better things. Yeah. Hopefully, Darren Young doesn't get lost in, like, that lower yeah, I know. pile. I like him. I think he, again, works better in a tag team role. Yeah. Uh, I can see him tagging with Kofi, and I wouldn't mind that as a tag team. That'd be a pretty cool tag team. Darren and Kofi, because I don't think that Kofi's just kind of hanging out where he's at. Yeah. I think he, whoever he put him with a tag team, they kind of get a rub of like, oh, hey, yeah, this guy's pretty good. Yeah. And I think Darren Young works in that guy role. I agree. Uh, again, we haven't seen a ton of him in the singles, so maybe he is great as a singles competitor. Uh, we don't but, know. Yeah, exactly. But I think Kofi is definitely... It's time for him to get back in a tag team and uh, do something there. Do something. Do anything. Please. After that was, uh, you remember this match? Fandango versus The Miz. Yes. Great job. Uh, the end came with uh, Santino's music hitting. Emma and Santino came down. Emma did her dance that I love. I love it. We all love Emma's dance. I don't know why awesome. I like Emma so much. I don't know why. Every, every time I see her. Really like her a lot. It's fun to watch because she brings something to the table that most wrestlers don't bring, which is character and charisma. Yeah. Same thing that Fandango does. Like we were talking about Fandango, yeah. sorry. We brought it up last week. You give that gimmick to anybody else and it will die. It will yeah. be stale. He's so, he's so creepy, weird, and I love the way his hair looks and he does his entrance and everything. Mm-hmm. Hey, underrated, I think a thousand percent, and I, I think we've talked about this before, is Summer Rae. Mm-hmm. She is so great in that role. She is. Every time I see her, she's like, she lives and dies by what's happening with Fandango. I love time, it. Every time he gets hit, she's like, she's turning away and covering her eyes. And then every time he does something, she's like cheering. And yeah. It's, it is so much fun to watch her mm-hmm. in a Fandango match. Uh, man, I, I don't know what's going to happen. I hope something comes out of the Fandango character because I would love to see what else uh, he can do. Yeah. But I don't know how you transition him, especially, hey, he's, like, owning the gimmick and making it weird. Yeah. He's making it, like, his backstage interviews and the stuff they're not putting on TV uh, that you can only see on the app or only on YouTube or whatever. They're so bizarre and fun and just he's making the character something, which is more than I can say about what most people do. Yeah. So good for him. And, uh, again, the, so Santino comes down. There's a distraction. Uh, Santino, I think Summer Rae and Emma get into it. Yeah. And then was it the airplane Wait. spin? I don't remember if that was Sunday or Monday. Or, I'm sorry, Friday or Monday. Yeah, I can't remember if that was Either Sunday way, there or was a distraction. Uh, Summer Rae goes over and gets in her face. And, yeah, gets in her face and goes, like, hey, you have to leave. Yeah. And then I think they kind of get into it. And then Santino uh, sees that Fandango's coming out to check on what's up. The ref's back is turned. Fandango gets a cobra for his troubles. And then the Miz hits a school-crushing finale. I have one question for you. Is Miz face or heel? Uh, can he not be there? Can I go with not be there? I I I want to remind you that I think a year and a half ago, no, not a year and a half ago because it was longer than that. Within the past few years, he was main eventing yeah, WrestleMania. WrestleMania. Three years ago, I think three years ago. Yeah, because it, it was Rock and Cena, Rock and Cena, and before that, I think was Miz, where he lost the title to CM Punk, wasn't it? No, 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 Cena. Was it Cena? And then Cena? Oh wow! Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah the. Uh, I don't know week to week if he's a heel or a face. He's a baby. I don't. He's I a whiny baby. baby. <laughs> <laughs> he comes out, I'm your all raw today. Uh. And then okay, he... Okay, so he's a heel. I, I guess. Okay, so he's he, a heel. But, Fandango's a heel. Exactly. So it's a heel and they're both heels, uh-huh. but then Miz is playing to the crowd, so he's a face. That's why I don't like the Miz. I don't because he's never one or the other. I don't understand what he's supposed to be. His gimmick was that he's mad that he's not on Raw, I guess. And then he got a match, and then I don't know what you're supposed to be. Yeah. And then Santino helped you win. The guy that you said didn't belong on the show, he helped you win. The guy that you said you're better than, 
helped you win. <laughs> I don't. What are, oh, what, what are you? And, and you know what? I don't even know that. Like, I think I just don't like his character in wrestling. I don't like him on the mic a lot. I don't like him in the ring a lot. I don't. Whatever. I bet he is the nicest dude. I bet he I, is. That's what kills me is I bet he's so cool. Yep. And it's just like shit. I bet you're rad as fuck, but I don't get it. Yeah. <laughs> I don't get why you're in the ring. I don't get why you're on the mic. Any of it. Yeah. Any of it. Any of it. Watch. Watch. Uh, the first couple Royal Rumbles, or like the first, I think the first Royal Rumble he's in, right after he kind of debuted, mm-hmm. he's in and out of that match in seven seconds. Wow. He runs in, I think he throws a punch, and somebody throws him right out. <laughs> it, he had a completely different look, he had a completely different haircut, he had a completely different style, it, and it is so funny, because they treated him like a joke, and now he, he main event at WrestleMania, mm-hmm. and now he's in a throwaway match against Fandango, which is furthering not his storyline, but furthering Fandango and Santino's storyline. Yeah. Emma and Summer Rae. Yeah. That's it. Well, that, maybe that's what he's doing right now. I guess. He's helping people get over. You know what? You're right. Not everyone is going to be clear. I guess that's the fault of the story because everything should be clear. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. But not everyone can be in the main event. So what do you, you know, how do you get upset? That's all right. Uh, after that match, uh, it was the main event. It was Cesaro against Randy Orton. Cesaro, just going by the name Cesaro now, and not Antonio Cesaro, which I think the internet picked up on and was, like, upset about. I don't particularly care. Yeah. The one thing I care about, his jacket. Me too. His jacket just has the picture on the breast. Yeah. It has the picture of the flag, and underneath it, it no longer says Tony. On on uh, SmackDown, it had black tape over yep. it. This week, I think they cut it out. I, I think I think the embroidery is gone. Which sucks, because I loved the yeah. jacket that said Tony, because there was another one that said Big Hoss. Big Hoss and Tony. Uh, <laughs> I thought those jackets, that to me was some guys doing something, doing anything themselves right. to get themselves over. Yeah. Cool jackets. I want to buy those jackets. Me too! And they have, hey, you know what I love about them? Mm-hmm. They have a handshake. They, they do like a low five and then kiss their bicep. Oh, really? I love that. I haven't that. paid attention to that. That's fucking great. That is great. It's something different. It's something that sets them apart. Yeah. So, Cesaro comes to the ring with Zeb Coulter against Randy Orton. Uh, I thought two things. One, Randy Orton did an awesome job of making Antonio Cesaro look good. Yes, he did. Two, Cesaro made did an awesome job of making Randy Orton really good. Yes, he did. I thought both guys in that match came out looking excellent. I cannot believe that Cesaro got the pin. Neither do I. Clean. In the middle of the ring. That was amazing. Shocking. That was such a good match. And I I mean, I watched it and could not believe what I saw. It had so many moments and so many near falls. Mm -hmm. And it showed the athleticism mm-hmm. of Antonio Cesaro. The crowd was super into it. They were it. way into it. And it's really cool to see the crowd start to get behind a wrestler. Not a superstar, not a sports entertainment entertainer. It is a wrestler. Yes. We, I can only describe that guy as a throwback wrestler. He is. He, is a, he took moves that nobody does because they're goofy yeah. and made them badass because he's so goddamn strong. He's so good. The giant swing that he does is over so big with the crowd because that's something that, like, 70s wrestlers Yeah. Do. Or, like, airplane spins. That's stuff that 70s wrestlers yeah. do. Yeah. It's, it's goofy, gimmicky stuff, mm-hmm. but when he does it, you're like, whoa, this guy's strong as hell. Oh, it's man. so cool that he just got his wrestling ability mm-hmm. is putting him, in, like, it's moving him from kind of like a lower mid card to yeah. really like an upper card. Now. Yeah, I, I'm not expecting him to main event or pay per view anytime in like the next like probably six months. But honestly, I could see him really high up on that card. I could yeah. see him in the title picture probably by the end of the year. Yeah. Um, he's main eventing the next pay per view. Yeah, and that's really exciting, <laughs> which is I, awesome. And I think that he's that people keep always oh, the dark horse. You know, you never know; he might win. Well, he's obviously not going to win, but. I think that he will probably get an elimination or two. Yeah. I think he'll probably eliminate Christian. I think so. And Sheamus. I think those are the lower guys. Yeah. And, and I think that I could see him eliminating those guys. Yeah, I, I could see that. Those are two good people to eliminate because it's not going to make sh- either of them look bad. Yeah. Christian will never look bad because he's been around for 20 years. Yep. Sheamus is too strong to look bad. So you have him eliminate those guys. They still look all right, and he's going to look even better. Yeah. Which, which I really hope to see. Yeah. 
still going to be good. And I'm, I'm excited for Elimination Chamber, honestly. I Me think, too. I think the card is really shaping up, and I, and I think it's going to be a really fun pay-per-view. Yeah. I'm bummed that uh, it will not be in effect for uh, WWE Network. They're saving it for WrestleMania. I understand. I will find other means of watching this pay-per-view yeah. at the studio right before we have to do the Mega 64 podcast. <laughs> um, so that was SmackDown. What yeah. do you think of SmackDown as a whole? I thought it was a pretty good show as a whole. It was it was good. It was well-booked. It had really nice matches, and it set up a lot of nice stuff for yep. Monday Night Raw. I, I didn't think it was a bad show. I had a good time with it. And, uh, yeah, it did, it did a great job of setting up for Raw. So Raw started, and it was uh, Promo City. As oh John God. Cena came out, and then, let me see if I can do it right. John Cena came out, Antonio Cesaro came out, mm-hmm. Sheamus no. came out. Was it Sheamus or was it Christian? Might have been Christian. And then Sheamus, and then Randy Orton, mm-hmm. and then Daniel Bryan. Mm-hmm. Did I do Daniel Bryan? Yeah. Daniel he came Bryan. out last. Yes. And then Kane said, when Kane came out, yeah. Jesus Christ. Everybody came so out. Everyone came out, and, they all, and it was all putting themselves over. Yep. Understandable. It, this was... The go home show yes. for Elimination Chamber. That's where we got the name from. Uh, it was the go home show for Elimination Chamber, so it was putting on the main event. Mm-hmm. Kane comes down and says, Daniel Bryan, you have a match right now against Christian. And uh, thank you, Brian. Uh, this it was, was okay. This was a decent back and forth contest. I thought Christian played the heel. Uh, pretty well. Yeah. For a guy who was a face. Yeah. Uh, but he, he did a good job. The yes chance. He, he kind of got he got into it in the crowd a little bit and dug it. Mm-hmm. Uh, I thought that they had the safe finish that doesn't make anyone look bad mm-hmm. or particularly great, which was nope. that that quick roll up when Christian was going for the impr- or the kill switch. Not the imprinter. It's not the imprinter anymore, guys. No. The kill, kill switch. switch which is a uh, it was a it was a quick roll up, and then King gets on the mic and he goes, "Hey, Daniel Bryan, I forgot to tell you that you have a match against me now." And then King. Started going. How could he forget? How could he forget to tell him that he got a match? How could he forget? Hey, shut up. Shut King, your mouth. King, shut your mouth. Shut your old mouth. I hate. Oh my it god. Was, King was, needs to just stop. It was just like, oh, shut up. Shut up. Stop. Oh my god. Uh, so it was Kane against Daniel Bryan. The match kind of went back and forthish. It was working the arm of Daniel Bryan, which mm-hmm. was all taped up and he was favoring and right. It was, was it taped wasn't up? taped up yet. That was my imagination. Was it taped up later? Yeah. Uh, so Kane. Eventually, I guess DQ against Daniel Bryan. Yes. So Daniel Bryan wins. Yay. And then King gets on the mic and he goes, I'm going DQ. Ha, ha, ha. And yes. he walks away in his, uh, his JCPenney slacks and his white Peter shirt. Yeah. Uh, Which I love. I love his look. I want to bring up something because I was, <clears throat> while I was watching that, all, all I could think of was, that's the, big, that, that's the big red machine. Right? That's the big red machine. I just kept sitting there making myself think, I'm looking at Kane in a white Peter with a normal hairline. And not sounding like Kane. Yep. And I feel like everybody's just kind of like, oh, yeah, you sold out, you sold out. The crowd hates him right now, and I feel like Kane is really underrated. I, I agree. Hey, you know what? I think that's going to be Or at a, least corporate Kane. Yeah, cor- corporate Kane. Well, I mean, I think Kane on a whole is underrated. That guy's the MVP of WWE. He's been in hundreds of matches every year Yeah. without being in the title picture. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think you're going to see a wave of people in the next couple months going like, yeah. He's getting really over with the crowd. Like, they really hate him. Yeah. And I think that you're really on to something because I think this is one of the better heel characters he's played in a really long time. It, it's so it's so fun to watch him, like, go on the microphone, and he uses a completely different way of talking. Like, Kane has been the same character, and he could continue to be that same character until the day he retires, and he will still be fun to watch. He's taken on a completely different character, and it's really interesting to watch him be that character, that corporate person using, like, the big words and, like, talking about, like, stipulations and all that kind of stuff. I really enjoy watching Kane. I think that I think that there's going to be something cool with that uh, coming up. It's it's really cool to see still shades of him being, like, this unstoppable monster. Mm-hmm. But he is very – he's well-spoken, mm-hmm. and he's, like, doing his job, and he's doing the heel stuff of not giving the crowd what they want. Yeah. And I think he is a very – I think of the authority, he is probably the best heel – on the authority. Well, he's the most defined. You know what? You're right. He's maybe not the best, but he is the most defined. Mm-hmm. He is He is most obviously cut and dry. I am a heel. Yeah. Because no one else on the authority is. Nope. I don't get it. There's a segment later in Raw where Randy Orton is talking to Triple H and then Batista's behind him. Mm-hmm. And Batista goes, you think you've wasted enough of your breath and you ass. <laughs> and then uh, Randy Orton walks backwards away from everything. <laughs> and, then, and then Triple H like laughs. And I'm like, Batista's supposed to be the good guy, right? Yeah. So Triple H is on his side. But Triple H is supposed to be the bad guy. So 
So who, what? Yeah, and, well, here's the thing with the authority. I kind of, I don't know if I like this or if I'm annoyed with it. I like that their, their stance is what's best for business. So they aren't necessarily a heel, but they aren't necessarily a face. So I don't, I think it's good that they have Kane to kind of give that definition because it allows them to just be like, oh, we're, we're business owners. We're doing what the business needs so they can be both sides without it being like, wait, hold on, what are you doing? Because the whole reason Randy Orton's in this gauntlet is because of the authority. Right. So that's a face move that you make the heel go on a gauntlet. Because normally it'd be reversed. It'd be, oh, oh yeah, Vince McMahon making uh, Stone Cold Steve Austin face the entire corporation. Right. So, but it's flipped around. And then there are other times when they come down and it's Daniel Bryan and it's, hey, you got the night off. So then you're like, okay, well, now they're protecting their asset in Daniel Bryan. Right. So now you have, like, you have that character, which I like that they can kind of be, like, on top of everything. But then you have Kane who's just going to come down and be the heel. So I think it's cool because it gives it that extra step, that extra level. I, I agree, but I think that it's really hard to have characters around them. Yeah. Like, I don't know if Batista's supposed to be a heel or a face. I, I really, I just, I get he's fighting Del Rio, but Del Rio's, like, hurt. Yeah. So then he's beating up a hurt guy. <laughs> so is he a heel or is he a face? Well, I guess I guess that's how you have to play it right now because you're, you're going into WrestleMania after, you know, Elimination Chamber, and Batista's facing whoever's going to win. It's, I mean, it's not going to be Randy Orton. You don't think so? It I, can't be. I don't think it's not going to be John Cena. No. I, I, do you think it's it's not going to be? I, I really hate I hate internet. Fucking sorry. I don't think it's Daniel Bryan. I don't think there's any way it can be Daniel Bryan. I was, I was getting this. Then you have Daniel Bryan versus Batista in the main event of WrestleMania. And if I went to somebody right now and said, yeah, Batista came back and now he's going to wrestle Daniel Bryan. I wouldn't watch that. They would say, who the fuck are either one of those people? Yeah. But you know, you know what I was thinking about, and I know we kind of, it contradicts what we said earlier about uh, Antonio Cesaro. I think it might be Sheamus. No, no fucking way. It, there's a small I part will, of me. I will bet you money. I agree, but there's a small, small part of me that goes. I mean, Sheamus is back. Sheamus hasn't had a title in a while. Sheamus was out for an injury. There's a small chance Sheamus might win. I just don't know who I. It has to be Randy Orton. It has to be. Because it doesn't make... I just don't think it makes any sense to have... You know, I'm not seeing it because it looks mm-hmm. like... I assume he's going to feud with the Wyatts or like the Bray Wyatt going into WrestleMania. I, I was thinking... That, that, like, it looked like they were going to do that and then they stopped. Yeah. Uh, so I'm not really sure what they're doing or, or Cesaro. That was the other thing. I, would, I wouldn't mind that. I, I, I thought about that a little bit more because I was like... I want, like, we'll get to the main event later, but I'll, I'll mention that. I was thinking about like, oh, that might be a good feud. But what I don't... I don't think, like, you can, you can't give that legs. Yeah. You can't give Cesaro versus Cena legs, but then it's like, who else do you put Cena against right no, now? I, get, I, I really think it's going to be Bray Wyatt because they started something before. Yeah. Before this last pay-per-view or whatever, it, like, they, ju- they kept jumping John Cena for some reason. And that remember that? That's what they did to get, to eliminate, or to DQ the Shield. Right. In that, that six-man tag. To get into Elimination Chamber, they jumped John Cena. Mm-hmm. And I feel like that's not the first time they jumped John Cena. Mm-hmm. I feel like it was like the second or third time. Uh, so I, I feel like that's probably going to be the match. I really think Randy Orton walks out of that. Again? I, I mean, that many I, times? Yeah, I would think. Yeah. <sighs> I, I don't know. I just feel I'm like, the crowd has got to be so tired of seeing Randy Orton win and then having that Monday Night Raw afterwards where he comes down. He talks about how good he is until somebody tells him he's a bitch and then he cries. <laughs> like, I'm so tired of him doing that that I'm just like, but I guess, I mean, what else do you do? It's it's like the evolution mat- rematch, you know, yep. of, of Randy Orton and Batista. Yep. I just really don't want it to be. Yeah, I just, I, I don't know what else you do for WrestleMania. Christian. Yeah, Christian. Oh, Christian yeah, versus it. Batista. You guys, it, you guys heard it here first. It's Christian versus Batista. <laughs> In the WrestleMania, Christian will win uh, when he does that punch that he does that looks like it's really hard. It's that slap punch. Uh-huh. Batista will be dazed, and uh-huh. Christian will be in the corner, and then Batista will charge at Christian, and Christian will do like that roll up, like sunset flip that he fucking loves doing. Yeah, that will be. There you go, guys. I hope you all love WrestleMania this year. Brian booked it. Uh, so after the Daniel Bryan and Kane match, we had uh, Fandango and Santina. 
uh, and they go on with what we said should have been his finisher, the Falcon Era. Yes. He used it again, yes. and he does it very quickly, and I think it looks, it looks I really think it looks good. I think uh, they will probably change it again because it looks like it got no crowd reaction. Yeah. Um, but I don't know if that's his fault or whatever. Um, but the best part of that match is when Santino and Emma were going to kiss, and they were goofy as shit, and they would say, that was such a good close-up. Because those boots came out of nowhere and got <laughs> right on the side of the fucking head. <laughs> it was awesome. That was hilarious. That was great. So if we, I'm not sure if it was SmackDown or Raw, but there was like an airplane spin by Emma to Summer Rae. I thought that was very funny. Yeah. And uh, the more I see Emma, the more I like her. She's kind of hanging out with Santino. Whatever, I don't yeah, mind. That's fine. Um, after that, Roman Reigns against Mark Henry. Uh, in what I can only describe as a squash match. Yeah. Uh, the world's strongest man who I wanted to come back and do something or be somebody mm. came in and he just got clobbered. Yeah, I was like, I was really excited for that match because I thought it was going to be a good back and forth, uh-huh. like, awesome match that was just going to be two powerhouses being, like, awesome. And then it wasn't. And then Roman Reigns did a headbutt and a Samoan drop because he's Samoan. Okay, I want, we we're going to talk about that later. <laughs> but, like, me and Brian have really, like, been noticing that a lot. There are a lot of Samoan guys in the WWE right now. You have the Usos and you have Roman Reigns. Mm-hmm. Uh, they all do headbutts and they all do Samoan drops. Is there something in your fucking contract that says if you're Samoan, you have to do those moves? Hey, it dates back to the Attitude Era. It, it, I have, it, I've noticed this since the it, Attitude Era. It goes back to even before that. I'm sure it does. With the head shrinkers and all that stuff. It, like, if you're Samoan, here are the things I know about you. One, your head is fucking thick as hell. You will headbutt. Two, you know how to do Samoan drop. That's all the things That's I know about I you. Do. And you're probably related to Rikishi. Probably. That in some way you are related to Rikishi. So uh, that that match ended. It was just supposed to be Roman Reigns showing that he's better than Dean Ambrose. Yeah. Uh, I thought it was very funny when Ambrose and Rollins came into the ring and Seth Rollins looked like he was having a fucking seizure. It's like, <laughs> he did a punch. He did a Superman punch. He was like, he was like going fucking bananas. I love Rollins. It was, it was really funny. And then you saw Ambrose get a little like upset and he attacked Mark Henry. Yeah. And Wyatt came down. That was cool. And you're like, oh, here's another, oh, no, they walked away. Yeah. That one, it was cool because I'm like, oh, okay, maybe we're, we're going to see something, like, light up now. Like, last week, it got such a crowd reaction. It didn't this time No, around? it didn't. And, and, and I, was, think, I don't know if that was the fault of the crowd or what, because I feel like the crowd maybe wasn't into the show quite as much. But uh, I thought that it was a good setup for what happens later in the ring. Yeah. Uh, so, at least you had that. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, after that, you had, in sort of a rematch from SmackDown, Kobe Kingston against Jack Swagger. Uh, I thought Jack Swagger again looked good in this match. Yep. Uh, had a couple of cool reversals and a, and a Kobe hit the SOS, and it showed Swagger's like ring awareness. He was put on the ropes to yeah. get out of pin, and then it's the uh, Patriot Lock, which I think should be called the Patriot Act, because I think it's a way better name. Patriot Lock doesn't make sense. Patriot Act is a yep. name. Should be. So that that was the end. Uh, Kobe Kingston caps out. After that, Biggie Langston came down, because uh, three and enough man feeds five. He does. And uh, so he came down. Looking insane. And, oh my uh, god, I love and then in the two, ring. And then two of three MB came down, Drew McIntyre in a new attire. He no longer had pants, he had um, he had trunks. Oh, I paid zero attention to that match. Yeah, because you were too focused on Jinder Mahal. Oh, yeah, no. <laughs> <laughs> I thought the best part of that match, I thought Mickey Lacey kind of got handled uh, through a lot of it, and then came back and did all, you know, all of his moves and looked good by the end and everything. The best part of that match was... Zeb Coulter on the microphone, yes. getting the crowd into the match. Yes, because he would he would talk about not doing that Jack Swagger, you're not doing that I Jack that Swagger. Was great. And then he would he would pause for a second. How many people here think he's actually going to do that to Jack Swagger? And the crowd went yeah, and then he's like, you idiots. It was morons. awesome. Boo! It's great. He works a crowd. He knows how to do it. You can tell that he's been in wrestling for a very long time. He has. After that came what I don't think anyone is going to argue and say it wasn't. It is the match of the night. With, uh, I would say, probably so far match of the year. Yes. Uh, as we are in mid February. Mm-hmm. Cena versus Cesaro. I thought Cena had the exact same match they had last week. <laughs> where he got beat to shit for the entire match. Yep. Had a couple of comebacks and then hits his moves, and, and that's the end. The crowd was so into Cesaro. It was amazing. And I didn't know. Hey, good on Cena for like. Being the heel almost in that match, yeah, it, it was really interesting because Cesaro was doing all of his big moves and getting pinned, like getting near falls, yeah. And when he didn't get the three count, the crowd would go, "Oh!" 
over and over. The his deadlift suplex from the outside on the second rope, I think, is incredible. I think it's a great looking move. His gut wrench is that a suplex? Yeah, yeah his gut wrench suplex I think is great, and he's been pulling it out of nowhere. nowhere. It, and the way he walks around with people like that, it's amazing. He's pound for pound the strongest guy. He has to be. He, I, right I, I can't. I I can't believe the things that that guy does. Like he's tossing people up into the air and just like. It looks like it's nothing to him. And, and I thought there were a lot of cool, like, reversal spots. I mean, Cena can wrestle when, when he's not the guy who's, mm-hmm. asked, I think, asked to do the offense. Yeah. He looks really good because there were a lot of reversals into reversals into reversals where you just mm-hmm. went, oh, oh, oh. And yes. It, it was an SDF into the, oh, he got out of it into a big swing yeah. into an SDF. That the the attitude adjustment that he goes for, where Cesaro lands on his feet, and that was amazing. That boot, oh my god, incredible. that looked so good. Hey, that running European uppercut where John Cena was seated on the top rope and took that spill to the outside, dude, looked great. And hey, Cena sold that naturally well. He did. I thought he made Cesaro look awesome. So I don't think anyone's going to disagree and say it wasn't actually that great. It so should have been the main event. It, it really should have, because after that was Los Matadores and Sin Cara against the Wyatts. The Wyatts one was Sister Abigail and Sin Cara. I have nothing else to really say about that match. Yeah. Luke Harper looks good. Yep. They, they all look ready. Uh, Unoso went up against Billy Gunn. Uh, Tuso was on commentary with Road Dog. I had to mute it because I thought the commentary was the commentary terrible. Sucked. So, so bad. It sucked. Yeah. Unoso got the roll up uh, on Billy Gunn, and then uh, the, the, the music played. I really like the music. And then it was the main event Sheamus against Randy Orton. This shouldn't have been the main event, but it wasn't a terrible match. No, it was pretty it, good. It was okay. I really like Sheamus since he's been back. Me too. Uh, he's not the most charismatic guy, but I think that his offenses look really good. I think that his selling has looked really good. I think all around he's been he's been way better. Really, really improved mm-hmm. from when I saw him last. Because I think last time I saw him, and maybe it was the feuds he was in, or feud because he was just wrestling Del Rio over, over and over. over and over again. Yeah, it, it feels he feels fresh, and that's fun. Yeah, I like when a guy feels fresh, and that, that's how this is right now. Uh, so it came the end where Randy Orton looked like he was down and out. Kudos to WWE for going with this finish because I did not see it coming. But the Shield attacked Sheamus. Yeah. Uh, I really thought, am I, is Christian going to be the only one that lost? Uh, and, and I guess technically he is, but Sheamus had a DQ win, so yeah. he's still a little fuzzy. Mm-hmm. Whatever. After that, Cena, Brian, Christian, and Cesaro all came out. Yes. So then there's all a big brawl with those guys, and then a sheet mask and the music heads, and all the Wyatts come down, and then it is just a big-ass brawl. The crowd went nuts. I think there were 12 dudes in the ring. There were so many people. There hasn't been an ending like that on Raw in a long time, and I'm glad that they don't do it very often. Mm-hmm. But where it's just chaos and they have to fade to black, I'm like, oh, my God, this shit's intense. But that's what they should do for the go-home show, you know. That, well, that, that's exactly what they did. It yeah. was showing, like, this is a big war. These guys are at war. This yep. is going to be crazy. Look mm-hmm. how nuts this is. Mm-hmm. Uh, so good good for them. I thought I thought that was really great and a really cool ending to that show. So overall, what did you think of Raw? I thought it was really good. I, I liked it, too. Uh, I thought the matches were pretty solid. Yeah. I thought, obviously, Cena Cesaro was incredible. Cesaro is, I don't think he's getting pushed to the moon or anything yet. But he's had awesome matches yeah. with top talent. Yes. And I think people are taking notice. I, 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 think, I think we're going to see him, like you said, in a lot of uh, upper mid-card matches. I, 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 uh, think, I think that's just how it's going to I think what you should really do with him is uh, give him the IC belt right now and kind of give him uh, that that level of people, maybe a feud with Langston, if Langston still holds it, yeah. or something like that. Just give, give him something that's – because you can't push him to the WWE Championship just yet. You can have him kind of touch it to give him a little more exposure, like they are doing right now. Mm-hmm. But give him a good, a good feud that kind of like puts him out, puts the title on him, and gives him some legitimacy because he was a great title holder when he had the U.S. Championship. Yep. And um, I don't know if if there's anybody really that can like match him in the ring right now. No. But he makes everyone look so good. He looks great, right? And and they make him look good, and it's just it's really fun to watch him wrestle. Yeah. Which is what a lot of people don't do. There's Watch a Cesaro match most of the time, and this is what I what I've been noticing, and kind of commenting on like what when I watch it is you don't see a lot of wrestling moves in matches anymore. You see a lot of like runs and like it's a lot of punching, punching, a lot of, a lot of striking and kicks. You don't see too much wrestling suplexes, yeah, and stuff like that. And that's what Cesaro does. He does gut wrenches. Mm-hmm. He does a lot of big moves. He does a European uppercut, which yeah. is different. It's it's cool. I love it. So there you got Raw and SmackDown. I really had a good time with Raw and SmackDown. Me too. But let's go to listener mail. All right. Uh, our first one is from our friend Bill Murphy, Lovable Bill. 
Uh, he said, hey guys, really enjoyed the first ap- uh, first episode outside of the 80s and early 90s wrestling. I have a fleeting interest in what was going on in the industry, so it's great to hear you guys talk about what's going on. Uh, he asks, uh, who is your favorite wrestler from classic WWF? Mine was always Ultimate Warrior. His ridiculous promos, energy, and presence just blew me away as a kid watching VHS tapes. Do you have a classic WWF? Uh, would it be Shawn Michaels? You could go Shawn Michaels. Shawn Michaels, it, hey, that guy was in WWF. WWE, that guy tore it up. I mean, he really was the showstopper. Uh, if I had to pick one, it would probably be him. I might say after the fact, the Macho Man Randy Savage, because I didn't get what I was seeing when I was a kid. That is my pick. I can go back and watch Macho Man matches now and mm-hmm. Macho Man promos now. Yes. His promos are, like, so top-notch. Nothing They're so much fun. Nothing means nothing. I, lo- I love the cream of the crop promo where he's so pulling out tiny creamers. And like balancing them out like on his head, he tries to. So crazy! But he was like, that's that's how good he was. He pulls a little creamer out from behind his hand, puts it on his head. He knows he might not be able to keep it on there. I don't know if he had that planned on balance, off balance. I'm better than you. That I say that to people now. Yeah, good. Yeah, it's a good ass line. Yeah, it is. Yeah, it's a good promo. Uh, our next email is from Miss Chea. Did not leave a name, so I'll just go with Miss Chea because that's their email. <laughs> hey guys, great start to your podcast. I have a question. If you could have a retired wrestler in their prime go up against someone who is currently wrestling, what wrestlers do you think would make a great match? Andre the Giant and Big Show. You know what? That would be interesting. That is not where my head goes to first, but I bet that would at least be like in, in watching those two guys go at it. That would be like what, hey, as Rocco described them, that would be like watching buildings fall. I, I would love, and I'm not talking about Big Show now. I'm talking about in their prime. Mm-hmm. Big Show in his prime. Andre the Giant in his prime, that would just be a collision. And I would, I know it's not going to be like your normal, what we like looking at wrestling matches, but it'd be something really interesting because both of those guys are really good wrestlers. And uh, their biggest problem is that they're just too big. Yeah, they're they're too too big. They're inconvenient sized human beings. Yeah. Uh, If I had to pick, I think this is an internet favorite kind of thing, but in their primes, uh, Macho Man Randy Savage Mm -hmm. and CM Punk. I think, I think that would be an incredible That's match. a good answer. I think that would be great. And I think another one that would be really cool would be something like Daniel Bryan mm-hmm. uh, against Bret the Hitman Hart. That'd be a really good really match. Really technical. Or you know what? Take Bret Hart out of that. I want to see Daniel Bryan against Stone Cold Steve Austin before he broke his neck. Yeah. Back when he was, like, not the ringmaster, but when he was still doing, like, that kind of stuff. Because yeah. he changed after he broke his neck. He had a totally different side. Yeah. Brawling and punch the shit out of people. That's all he could do. Walking and driving. That's all he could do. Yeah. But before that, man, watch some early WWF stuff with the and ECW stuff. Holy shit! Incredible ring general. Watching those awesome. two guys go at it, I think would be so much fun. That would be a really good match I too. I think that would. I I don't know. That's just me though. I think that would be great. Uh, another one that I would really like to see, and this is just a personal thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, I would really like to see uh, the Nature Boy Ric Flair. Go up against someone like Dolph Ziggler because I oh, think yeah. they both sell really well and mm. have kind of offense where you go like, oh, that was kind of came out of like nowhere. Oh, that guy fights yeah. fights like a little bit dirty. Obviously, Dolph Ziggler takes a lot of his shtick yeah. from from Ric Flair and yeah. Mr. Perfect. Yeah. So I think that would be really cool. You know, making a three way. Let's go, Ric Flair, Mr. Perfect, and Dolph Ziggler. Everyone can be blonde. Yeah, fatal four way. Just throwing Billy Gunn. Yeah, there you go. It's great. Hey, what else could you want? Um. <laughs> have uh, another question. This is from Frank B. He said, I know it's late, but can you talk about your favorite moment of 2013 in wrestling? Uh, I would say my favorite moment was uh, it was probably when Daniel Bryan like really got the crowd over. I can't, man, I can't remember the match right now, but just all the matches with the Shield that Daniel Bryan had that just put him over as not just like a wrestler, but as, like, a, you know, person on the mic, and, like, watching Daniel Bryan last year was exactly what I want to see wrestlers do. Take their character to the next level, bring the energy, bring the excitement, and just make people care about you because you're a wrestler. And I thought that was, that was his thing. It was, I am a wrestler. If I'm WWE champion, or if I'm wrestling in Jewish community centers, and (laughs) <laughs> Los Felix, like, or whatever, you know, it's, that's what I liked. It was watching somebody who's five foot six become one of the biggest names in WWE. That, that's a lot of fun to watch. His, his whole thing where he's not, I'm not the weakest link, and then he goes out and he gets all nuts. Mm-hmm. And I, I think all of his stuff with Kane was a lot of fun. 
uh, like in moments, just I would say like in match moments are uh, CM Punk mm-hmm. doing the pile driver to John Cena. I thought oh that was God. I thought that was great, and I, if you watch that, it is the crowd going oh, oh. It, I, yeah. There is a audible like everyone's quiet. Did we really just see that? Because when was the last time you saw a pile driver? Exactly. So there was that. Mm-hmm. Uh, another moment, Dolph Ziggler cashing his money in the bank, that which was really I good. still watch all the time. I think the crowd was so hot for that. And yeah. like, man, when his music hits, crazy reaction. Yeah. Love it. Uh, another moment would be, I guess my last one would be uh, Daniel Bryan against Antonio Cesaro in that gauntlet match, yeah. which I think is my match of the year. Yeah. Um, when they're trading blows back and forth, and Cesaro unloads with, like, those machine gun uppercuts, awesome. and Daniel Bryan keeps trying to, like, fall over, and he just keeps getting picked back up by Cesaro <laughs> and getting fucking railed over and over with those big European uppercuts. That That is, like, that intensity is what I love about wrestling yes. and what you don't see enough of. I agree. It, it is just dudes pounding the shit. Out of one another in the middle of the ring. Mm-hmm. Just, oh god, it was so cool. Those machine gun uppercuts look so good. Uh, I have another question from uh, Lita in New Zealand. She says, uh, I'm going to say the name wrong. The Anoa'i family, Anoa'i family, uh, has a huge lineage of professional, uh, as professional Samoan wrestlers from Umonga to Rikishi, The Rock, and now Generation, that's the Usos and Roman Reigns. Mm-hmm. In your opinion, who do you think was? Or is the best wrestler from that family? I don't think that you can argue that it wasn't The Rock. Yeah. And I think that the way that family kind of works, I don't think The Rock is, like, directly related. I think it's, like, I think The it, Rock's dad is, like, blood brothers with yeah. another, like, so, like, high P, uh, high G, Peter Mayabia, so, like, they're not really related. Well, wasn't it, wasn't it a weird thing where both his... On both sides of his family, his mom is re- is related to like Peter Maivia, and his dad's related it, to it's something like that. I don't know. <laughs> I, don't, it, I, it's a, I, I don't think he's directly related, but I think out of the people you listed, he is top. I actually just watched the Royal Rumble, uh, where John Cena goes up against Umaga in that uh, last man standing match. And huh. I thought I never liked Umaga, but I Me thought neither. that match was great. I thought that was a lot of fun. I thought John Cena looked great. I thought Umaga looked fucking unstoppable. Man. He was just a monster. He's huge. He's dead now, so that's sad. Oh, yeah. uh, I think Roman Reigns has a lot left in it. I oh mean, my that God. guy is just getting started. He, now, if you want to see someone who's going to get pushed to the fucking moon, yeah. it's Roman Reigns. It's Roman Reigns. Yeah, that guy is on a, they strapped him to the fucking rocket ship. Yep. That thing is going sky high right now. He is, he is getting such a big push, mm-hmm. and he is doing it really well. Yeah. If somebody, like, I feel like you give that push to almost anybody else, and they wouldn't capitalize on it the same way that he has been. I, I agree, and I think you hear a lot of rumblings, people going like, oh yeah, but his, his thing, his, like, really, his push is kind of hurting the rest of the Shield members. That's no, how it's this, not. This, no, that, that's how this stuff works. One guy has to, like, really, like, skyrocket, kind of, like, leave the other guys in the dust. I think of the three guys, Roman needs to skyrocket because I have no doubt that Ambrose and Rollins can thrive yeah. down a little lower for a while before they can go up. Yeah, and I don't think it's doing. Uh, I don't think it's doing it in a way that's really that bad. Yeah, I don't I, think it's doing. I think it's. Anyway. I think it's. I, I think it's actually helping both of their characters. Uh, you know, Ambrose and Rollins to to be like where they need to be because Reigns is really going to be somebody. That you're going to see in a lot of main events, I think. I yeah, I agree, and it'll be in the next year. It'll all happen. So, I, I don't, eventually, I think eventually you will uh, you'll see some really cool stuff from that guy. Yeah. Uh, and guess what? It's like an hour. Oh man. I know, right? Time flies when you don't talk about wrestling all week because you want to talk about it all on the show. <laughs> uh, guys, thanks for listening to the second episode. Hopefully, it sounded better than the first episode because I did more tweaking. Yeah. We're on a different computer. I'm using slightly different equipment. It's been a headache for me, but I'm getting there. And there will be more. There will be more. And, but all my time now that I was devoting to the podcast, I'm going to use to watch the WWE Network. Yes. So. Which which reminds me, before we go, I don't think they're going to change the logo to that. No, I don't think so either. Uh, I think I go back and forth on it, but I really don't think they They put it on a belt. Yeah. That's the only thing I'm going to say. They, you don't put it on a belt and then change the logo. There you go. So. Uh, guys, we will be, when the WWE Network comes out, we'll talk about this more, but we're going to start doing kind of a, maybe like a book club type thing. 
uh, with wrestling, where we're going to be like, hey, we're going to watch SummerSlam 2007, or hey, we're going to watch No Way Out 98, you know what I mean? It's kind of stuff like that, and we're going to go, hey, we want you guys to send your comments and everything in on that. Mm-hmm. So we're going to be doing that in the future. Let us know what events you want us to watch that we yeah. can all watch together. That'd we be want awesome. to get you guys involved, because the more involved you guys are, uh, the better this podcast is, I think. Is I guarantee Because I, uh, I really like all the questions you guys have been sending. You can send us questions on Tumblr. Uh, show.tumblr.com. Uh, you can check us out there. You can see all of our past episodes there. All of our past episode there. Uh, <laughs> as well as our current episode. Uh, <laughs> we will have more episode in the future. And uh, you can also find us on Twitter, at GoHomeShow. Uh, I want to give a shout-out to uh, Squared Circle, um, the Reddit wrestling community. Yeah. A uh, guy has been pulling all the uh, wrestling uh, podcasts and putting them in as like a, oh, like cool. a roundup. We made the cut. We're like dead center we, on the list. We only have one. I know, right? Oh, that's We're cool. dead center on the list. It's our Twitter. It's the Go Home Show and everything. I actually talked to him. I said, thanks for doing that. That's so really, really cool. Shout out. Thank you, Squared Circle, for doing that. And guys, you can like us on Facebook at the Go Home Show. Just search that on Facebook. Uh, get some updates. Send us questions there, too. Anywhere yep. you guys send us questions. Uh, the easiest for us to get to would definitely be email. You can email us at uh, gohomeshow at mega64.com. We want to thank Mega64 again for hosting our podcast uh, pretty soon. We're going to get an RSS feed going. Awesome. We're going to be up on iTunes shortly. Uh, when I say shortly, uh, that is just a, an encompassing term for sometime in the future because <laughs> I really don't know when all this is going to be taken care of. Hopefully very soon. I know the RSS feed is getting taken care of, but I think it takes a while for iTunes to populate it. So we'll wait. We'll wait and see. But, guys, that was episode two. Uh, we talked about all sorts of wrestling and wrestling-related things. Ryan, what do you think of this episode? Was it better than Raw and SmackDown? Yes. Wow! Yes, it was. Those are, those are professionally produced programs, and you're saying this podcast is better than that? I, I think we're professionals. Oh, my goodness. We're professional sleaze. <laughs>